that's my favorite part. Um, when trans women fa- like do like a before and after, it's called the transition timeline. Sure. My favorite, my favorite part of any transition timeline is seeing the little little bubbles in their cheeks when they smile. It's the cutest <laughs> fucking thing. I love it. And it's one of the first, it's one of the first things that happens is you start to get the, that apple in your cheek. And I love it. I apple love it in your cheek. Okay. Yes. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cis Education. I'm your host, Betsy Rothrock, and this is a podcast about everything you've ever wanted to know about trans people, but were too afraid to ask. Each week, I have a conversation with my cisgender friend about a topic related to the trans experience and answer all of his weird questions. I'm joined again by my co-host and dear friend and dick rocket aficionado. Everybody, it's Bobby Plow. Hi, Bobby. How you doing? What's up? <laughs> Uh, I like this little bit that I'm running running with where every week you have a different thing based on last week's conversation. <laughs> the credentials fucking... just keeps growing. Dude, I was fucking thinking about it. I was like, man, if I made a million dollars, you could call me Jeff Pesos. Well, do I? Uh... That was whack. All right, it was whack. <laughs> it was worth a shot. It was worth a shot. Fuck uh, you. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you took a swing and you struck out. That was a miss. So I'm, like, I'm like Giancarlo Stanton. It's all good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> What's up, girl? Uh, how are you? How are you doing today? Doing good. I uh, went for a little more a little run, a little bike ride. It's fucking hot as shit, but I'm getting a little color, you know, getting a little tan. Well, hey. You know, yeah, I, I need see. I need to do that too, but I just like I never. I mean, I'm too broke to leave my house, so I never do. Yo, it cost me zero dollars to leave my house today, so no excuses. Yeah, I mean that's true. That's true. But like, I need because I'm pretty pasty. I do need to just like get outside into some fresh air. Although my desk, where I'm working from home, it's like I have my desk is two feet away from the door to the balcony, so I can just like step out and get some fresh air whenever I want. Yeah, it's nice to get a little bit of sun, you know, especially in the summertime. You know, I mean absolutely then when the when the winter comes you have a fucking excuse yeah right right it's 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 cold and dark and i have seasonal depression so i'm not going anywhere yeah 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 for sure so summertime's (laughs) your time to shine (laughs) right (laughs) okay so this week uh we are going to be talking about trans health care yeah um there's a lot of things but you know this is this is a topic that every single cis person that I ever talked to wants to know about because it's surgeries, it's hormones, it's what what's your body going through. Um, and these are the most inappropriate questions that I get. Um, but first, I want to go back and recap a couple of things from last week because there were um, there are three points that I want to get to. Two, I want to like really drive home some things that I said that I don't think I gave um, proper emphasis. Which would be? Uh, the- the first one is the idea that cent- uh, the idea of centering dysphoria in um, your understanding of trans people and transness. Uh, so, what that uh, a point that I missed is uh, I mentioned uh, in part two of my origin story about um, when I told my parents I, I sensed like a look of pity or a feeling of pity from right. them. Right. Yeah. That that idea that that 
pitying of trans people and our plight of, for, of just being trans comes from the idea that you're, you're putting dysphoria foremost in your mind when you think about what it is and what it means to be trans. And that's another reason why you don't want to do that. You, it's important to understand dysphoria, but it's not the only thing about us. It's not the only thing that we experience. There's a lot of joy involved. Um, that's the first point. The second point that I really, really, really want to drive home, and I think I, I, I mentioned this pretty strongly last week, but just the fact that dysphoria and insecurities are not the same thing. Insecurities are like, I feel like my feet are too big, or, um, you know, you have a little bit of a gut and you don't really like that. Um, dysphoria is more of an emotional condition. It's more related to anxiety or depression than it is like a, a physical attribute that you could change. Uh, and because of that, it doesn't really go away. Like just like depression or anxiety, if you suffer from them, like there's there, you can't cure it, but you can manage it. There are things you can do. And when you ex are experiencing dysphoria, uh, gender dysphoria, physical dysphoria, things like medical transition and things like surgeries, um, these help in managing that dysphoria and, and, and keeping it under control so it doesn't affect your, your emotional well-being. Sure. And so the third point is kind of related to that, and it's a pushback against something that you said last week, Rob. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble now. Ah, fuck. <laughs> hey, you made, it four, you made it four episodes before I said something. I, I was like, no. I, it, was, it was bound to happen. What the fuck did I say? Okay, so uh, when I was talking about, um, you know, things that cis people never have to fear, clearing your throat in a public bathroom. Right, I remember. And you said, so, you said something along the lines of like, you know, that was kind of just like a me thing. And that's something that people don't really notice. And the fact of the matter is, yes, they do. Huh. They definitely do notice things like that. Um, and it's a phenomenon called being clocked. And you clock. know what that means. Yeah. You, I mean, you know what it means. So you clock somebody as like a fucking Red Sox fan. Like you just, uh, you know, you know so what I mean? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Like you see somebody you're like, okay, that person is, you know, whatever. Um, but being clocked when you're trans is somebody will see you. And this happens to me a lot because I'm, you know, cis passing, but sometimes things you notice something you're you know, you're out, somebody notice, somebody's like there and they're talking to you and they don't realize that you're trans at first. And then they, they notice something and they're like, oh. Yeah, so it and is that, a, a small that, thing like that that would fucking get you. And you actually, I do recall uh, that segment, um, you had mentioned that, fuck, the lady in the stall next to you, I want to kill you for it. You know, I mean, it's right. like that, that's, right? That's, that's, when th that's when things go, that's when things go wrong. Like, I, right. uh, I'm thinking of two instances uh, that happened not last year, but the year before. This was before COVID. I was out at a bar and I was just like at the local bar by myself, just having a couple of drinks. And uh, both of these instances, I was just doing my thing. One, a guy bought me a, a beer and I accepted the beer from him, but I wasn't going to do it. Like I wasn't like interested in him all, but I accepted the beer. It's free yeah, beer. Take the fucking beer. Hell yeah. Obviously, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, well, anyway, he's kind of like lurking around me while I'm drinking this beer. And eventually he comes up and asks me if I'm female. Okay. And I'm okay. <laughs> and I'm kind of on the spot because like, well, yes, I am. But what you're asking is, uh, 
was I a side female at birth? Am I a cis woman? Do I have a pussy? Is what you're asking. <laughs> yeah, a little funny. <laughs> yeah. And um, and then he kind of put it together and convinced himself that, you know, correctly that I am trans and things went downhill. Now, fortunately, this is a local bar that I frequent. So the bouncers have my back and it didn't turn into anything violent because, you know, he was the problem and he was being dealt with. Uh, but another situation of similar outcome, uh, I was again at this bar. I go into the women's room and the women's, it's a small little like dive bar. The women's room is a single, single occupancy. Like it's just a toilet and a sink. Only one person goes in at a time. Sure. Um, I go into the women's room. I, while I'm in there, I hear this on the door and this, these, these two girls start yelling. So I'm like in the middle of peeing. I like stop. And then I go out and these two women are like screaming at me to use the men's room. I don't know what I did. I wasn't even talking to them, but I was sitting there and they clocked me. And it's those little things that can lead to like, that's how violence happens. Yeah. One yeah. of the ways that violence happens. So that's, I just want to kind of like set that straight. It's not something, um, you know, dysphoria isn't all, isn't just all in our head. Right. You know, sometimes it, Sometimes it can be, you can, you can feel dysphoric about things that truly nobody would notice. Um, for instance, for me, like one of the things is my hands, I get a little bit weird about sometimes, but hands are hands, really. There's no like man, woman, sister, hands come in all different shapes and sizes. Doesn't really Absolutely. Matter. Yeah. But that's one of the things like, and that's something that people will look at, they'll like, you know, they'll look at my knuckles and be like, because they're a fucking idiot and they don't realize that women can have thick knuckles too. It's like, yo, if you don't recognize, I'm going to put these knuckles in your mouth. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm going to fuck you right? up. No, nah, I'm just kidding. But yeah, that's, uh, that kind of sucks. You know, it, uh, that sounds shitty to me. Yeah, it's, it is shitty. It is <laughs> shitty. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? I you don't just, know. I don't fucking know. This, these, are, these are things that for, for a cisgender, you know, again, for trans people listening, like, you know all this. You, these are things that you've experienced. Right. But for a cis audience, like, just be aware that these things happen and, you know, fucking back us up. If you do, whether you, if there's a trans person getting harassed or accosted, whether you know them or not, like say something, do something, use mm -hmm. your cis privilege to correct that situation. Right. Prevent a fucking hate crime. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it can't exactly. be that explosive. You don't know you're fucking perfect <clears throat> strangers, you know, Who the fuck knows. Right. Like, right. Right. Well, I mean, if I was like, if this was a bar that it was the first time I'd ever to, who knows? Like there, the like I said, the bouncers had my back because I go in there all the time, or I used to before COVID, and I knew them personally. Right. Like I would talk to them. Sure. And so they they supported me, but you know, it can go really badly sometimes. Yeah. Imagine being in like Arkansas or like Alabama. You know. Uh, uh, I know. Yeah. Or and we or, do or and we. So and we do have listeners out there, you know, so imagine, you know, let us know your experience if you're from that area and and you hear these stories, you know, because uh, they're important to touch on. And it's a learning experience, <clears throat> certainly for me, I'd imagine for everybody as we go. Right. We're learning as we go. Well, that's the idea. Yeah, that's the idea. Right. So speaking of learning, let's get into uh, today's topic. The main topic, like I said, is trans healthcare. Uh, the first point that I want to make 
is uh, trans healthcare is everything. We are human beings, we have human bodies, uh, and they come with all the frailties and vicissitudes of humanity. Uh, as we get older, things start to fall apart. We are afflicted by the same diseases like cancer, diabetes, you name it. So trans healthcare is just healthcare. Things like COVID, COVID affects us too. And like any other marginalized group, trans people are affected disproportionately more by COVID because we disproportionately have like low wage, quote, essential jobs. And so we have to be exposed to it more. And uh, a lot of times we have jobs that don't provide health care yeah. or those jobs don't provide health care. So we don't have health insurance uh, disproportionately compared to the rest of the, the population. So, you know, everything that affects everyone affects trans people too. So that's the first point of um, what trans healthcare is and what this conversation. So keep that in mind for this discussion and going forward every day, every day after. But everyone wants to talk about when you talk about trans healthcare is hormones and surgeries. Surgery. It's the thing that I get asked the most about. It's the thing that's the most inappropriate, like HIPAA violation bullshit that we have to fucking deal with because you cis motherfuckers feel like you're entitled to know what's in our pants. So I feel like that's just a human thing. Like people are just so concerned with other people are many, doing with their genitals all the time. How guess, many people have come up to you and asked whether or not you have a penis or a vagina? Not, not even that. It's just not nah, never. But I'm exactly. Just saying, I'm just saying, what I'm saying. people have come up to me and been like, hey, when's the last time you got fucking laid? You know, it's like, yo, what do you care? What do you care? What, <sighs> what do you care? What, what I do with my fucking dick? Yo, all right. Like. Yeah. Chill the fuck out. Like people just well, love to know. I mean, it's always like well, in the tabloids too. Who's sleeping with who, dude? It, I don't know why human beings are so concerned with other human beings' genitals, but it's a fucking thing across the spectrum, especially I'd imagine in the trans community. Yes. Well, it's um. I mean, the aspect of like who's fucking who. That's just because we're social animals. I mean, <laughs> fucking chimpanzee and gorilla societies do the same shit. But it's I've not never a seen. Desire. I've never seen the fucking chimpanzee tmz but okay <laughs> no i they, they, like people who people who study like human evolution and like the evolution of language like uh the thing that we developed language for was to gossip <laughs> was to, like to talk shit about each other and, and get like get all the juice all the fucking get everything that everybody's doing like we developed language to get all up in each other's business oh, isn't it like that though it is like that <laughs> fuck yeah, well, no shit. And I'm, I'd imagine in the trans community, it is a difficult thing to deal with. I mean, it is nobody's fucking business, but like, I'm sure well, you deal I mean, with it the, all the fucking time. The questions of like who you're, who you're sleeping with or who's getting with who, like that's, you know, when's the last time you had sex? Like those things like that. I know are, apples and oranges. Everybody. I'm not, I'm not that's saying everybody. it's right. I'm not saying it's the same exact thing, but it's just inherently human to be like, what the fuck's going on with your genitals, right? <laughs> like, You're right. It's like, it's literally like you, you, there's you and every other cis person has never had the question, uh, were, wait, were you born with a penis or a vagina? Right. Yeah. 
Right. What do you have now? Have you had the surgery? Like you don't face those questions. No. You don't get those questions. We get no. them every single day. Complete fucking strangers. Yeah. What I mean, do you have a penis? What? Do you want to suck it? Like what why are you asking? Yeah, what's it to you? Like Jesus fuck. <laughs> like I don't know. I I like are you are you a journalist? Like <laughs> Are you writing an article? A, a are you, piece? Are like, you my doc? Are you my doctor? Right. I didn't know. I didn't know you're my doctor. I didn't know. I, I checked into fucking hospital. Fuck you. Like what the hell? They're like they're th those are the only two instances where that information is important. If you're my doctor, or we are going to sleep together. Yes. That's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so hormones and surgery what everybody wants to know about so i'm going to break this down um we're going to do it view it from the transmasculine side first because that's uh what i don't have a lot of the details on and then from the trans feminine side uh second because i do have all the information on that because i'm living it um i want to do a quick shout out to uh, my friend kit he is the trans mask uh friend of mine who came out the same day that I did. I work. remember in the office. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, he came over to my house when I was prepping for this uh, episode um, because he's, you know, he's transmask. He's going through it from the opposite direction that I am. So I just wanted to kind of talk to him and, and kind of fill in my ga the gaps in my knowledge, things that I don't know. So thank you, Kit, for helping out with this episode. It's a big. big oh, big nice. Boost. You reached out. Yeah, sick deal. I told, That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, well, we still talk. I, like I, said, I know you told talk. you told me that you did. I didn't know that you specifically reached out to him to to you know cover topics on the podcast. That's fucking sick. Thank you, thank you, Kit. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. So first things first. Uh, Transmasculine hormones. Obviously, this is going to be testosterone. So there are different ways that you can um, deliver testosterone into a body uh, artificially. There's shots, uh, a weekly injection. There are topical gels. Uh, there are also subdermal implants. This is like kind of a new thing. They have like crystalline testosterone and they do the same thing with estrogen now too. Uh, but it's a, a crystalline form of testosterone and they put it in under the skin and it just releases a steady dose of testosterone for a period of like a couple of years. And really get a new one it lasts that long yeah i mean it's like a little chris and it'll just like kind of break down over time because it's like crazy. and it's just like yeah it's i like this is this was brand new knowledge to me um that kit brought that i didn't even know this existed and it exists for estrogen too uh and we'll get to this um when we get to the the trans feminine side but like a lot of estrogen treatments were developed for like a dual purpose because like women going through menopause get estrogen treatments to like right. lessen the effects of menopause. Sure. Um, so yeah, you got weekly injections, you have topical gels, uh, subdermal implants, and there are actually like, they're basically like uh, breast strips, like testosterone breast strips. Uh, <laughs> like yeah, the Listerine ones, like you just put it on your tongue. Yeah. And, really? Yeah. Do they taste well, like mint? I have no idea. They probably taste like balls. I would, I would imagine. <laughs> Vinegary and salty. 
No, I have no idea what they taste like, but you don't put it on your tongue. You put it sublingual. You put it underneath your tongue and gotcha. it dissolves. Yeah. Uh, there, there are two, the two, the benefit for the, the shots and the implants that you don't have to worry about that you do have to worry about with the topical gels and the, um, the sublingual strips is with the topical gels, it can transfer to other people or to animals. So like you get, like you put, you know, your little gel in your hand, you spread it on your leg or wherever it is that you're applying it. And then it's still on your hand. So if you touch another person, it can transfer and it can cause side effects or it can transfer to an animal. It can really fuck them up. Yeah. So you have to be like real careful about like, like washing That's your hands after crazy. Like you just and come like this- down and fucking little foo-foo is yoked out. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck is that Punching word? holes in walls and <laughs> right, shit. Right, Jesus. It's like, wow, you did a number on your bone. What the fuck? No, <laughs> I don't know how that works. That, that's crazy, though. That's gnarly. I didn't know that. Yeah. I know that with THC topical bombs, <clears throat> it doesn't transfer. Um, right. So that's, uh, that's crazy that it would with the steroids. That's nuts. Yeah. So then um, the effects of the hormones, um, what they do for a transmasculine, and you and I both are probably are pretty familiar with what they do because we both went through a male puberty. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you start to grow body hair. Um, depending on your genetics, you start to like, you, you can see some like male pattern baldness happen. Really? really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's shit. like- yeah, you'll start to like your hair will start to thin because that's an effect of testosterone. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it called? Like DHT or something? Yeah, I don't know. It, I, you know, again, I'm neither one of us is doc or doctors. No, but, I'm not. <laughs> um, you you start to see fat redistribution, uh, just the same as um, with the feminized hormones, just in the opposite direction. So instead of where like for the feminizing hormones, you'll start to see like you'll develop like a dip in your waist, you know, you get more of a figure and your butt will get bigger for trans men, the fat, instead of going into their butt and their thighs, it goes into their belly oh, and yeah. like their cur- and their curves start to like flatten out, sure. uh, increased, mu- increased muscle mass. There are obviously emotional changes. Uh, the testosterone uh, will make you uh, more, this is being reported from Kit make it makes him like more angry and irritable and aggressive well that's common that's testosterone you know that's what it does yeah right and you you have an increased sex drive increase in sex drive is a big thing that happens and this goes with the um feminizing hormones as well you start to smell different really yes because you said that the female hormones the estrogen made you horny also to increase your libido. So I guess that's just a, a hormonal increase one way yeah, or the other. Yeah, it's like, it kind of, it, like, it makes you, from my experience, it makes me horny in a different way. Like my sexual arousal and, you know, sexual desire doesn't come strictly from my penis. It's more of like a whole body thing. Okay. But another thing kind of going along with that is um, genital atrophy. And this happens in both cases, but for in a case of trans men, their, you know, their vagina can, uh, it gets drier. It doesn't lubricate as well. It doesn't dilate as much. Uh, it, and it just starts to lose like elements of its functionality. Okay. Makes sense. Right. I mean, you're putting the testosterone in and you know, it's not now what it, what it can do is it, what it, 
what it can do is it uh, increases the size of the clitoris. Like the clitoris starts to grow as if it's trying to be a little penis. Really? Yeah. No fucking way. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's, if you think about like, you know, the gestation of a human embryo, like we all start off as female and then it's just like certain chemicals interact with each other in different ways. And so all of the parts are the same. They're just structured differently. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I know that for <clears throat> cis men that when you take steroids, it actually shrinks your testicles. Right. Right. Because your body, you know, you're, you're not, they're not as useful anymore, I guess. I don't know. Again, I've never taken I, yeah, steroids I before. I have right. had friends who've taken them. And then when they stopped taking them, you know, when they were fucking playing sports or whatever the hell in college and they stopped taking them, they got fat as fuck. Their fucking balls yep. shrank. The, the hair started falling out, the male, the male pattern baldness, all that, all that shit yeah. happened. Well, yeah, because it, it, yeah, the whole, you're, right. when you're putting, you're putting that, those steroids into your body, you're fucking up your hormonal balance. Yeah. And then when you stop taking them, you're, you're fucking it all up again. Like your body gets used to that. Right. And then you come off. And it's just going to, yeah, it's just going to mess everything all up. Yeah. Now, are those, like, are those covered? Do you need a letter from your therapist to get those covered in your insurance and healthcare? Uh, I did. And I imagine that Kit did as well, uh, because it's time that he started. We were both working at the same place and had the same insurance. And actually, still, he still does go to the same endocrinologist as me. Oh, okay, cool. The one who doesn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she does. She does. I mean, I don't want to make it sound. I know. I'm just fucking. But around. it's just like, but that's actually kind of a common thing. Um, that's one of the issues in trans healthcare is that, like, I mean, we're the ones going through it, and there aren't, you know, if if I could fix anything in healthcare, uh, especially with trans specific gender affirming healthcare, is get more trans doctors. Like we need trans people in medical school. Pronto. Yeah, we right. need so many more trans doctors. So that's the, the effects of the hormones. And when we go through the trans feminine section, it's a lot of, it's going to sound similar because again, it's, it's, it's sexual hormones and it's human bodies. And it's, you know, it's going, it's doing the same things, just kind of in an opposite direction. Right. You did know? you, did you start the, um, the progesterone yet? No, I'm going to have to talk to my endocrinologist and my, my next appointment with her isn't until September. So Word. it's going to be another, another month. Cause so, we're like at the very end of June, July, it'll be another so month. Still the Spiro and the S Estra, what is it called? Estradol? Estra, Estradiol. Estradiol. That's right. Um, and I saw Afro author, our friend on Twitter, listener of the podcast. What up homegirl? Uh, yeah, friend of the pod, but uh, yeah, she had mentioned the progesterone. So I don't know if you guys had discussed how it's worked out for her at all, but I saw that she mentioned something on Twitter. And um, no, I haven't talked to her specifically about it. Or no, yes, I have actually, because she recently, very recently, switched from pills to injections and started progesterone. And she's, from what she said, what she told me, like it was, you know, short, like way I talked to her about it shortly after she switched over and started the progesterone, and she's. She was happy with it. Yeah. So that, far. That's what's up. You know. That's what's up. It's good to know. Yeah. I mean, and the, the injections can inf uh, affect you a little bit different than the pills do. I mean, I know there are some people that favor it. I, I don't know. I, I might give it a try. The pills have been working fine for me. So Pill I'm, pills are painless. I don't like needles. I don't mind the needles so much. And honestly, it's, I don't know. 
I kind of like the routine of taking my pills twice a day and you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a, it's just, you know, ingrained in you. Yeah. I feel like a weekly injection would be easier for me to forget. Is it weekly? It's uh, mm-hmm. not yeah, bi-weekly. A, yeah. Yeah. So once a week. Yeah. Do, do they have the, the crystalline estrogen things for your arm for, for trans fam? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Have you looked yeah, those, into that those, shit? I have not. I, what, when I was researching it, I found that it's, it's more common in Australia. They use, they do that more. Yeah. Where they have um, fucking I, universal healthcare. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, it's just like every other country. <sighs> I know we don't have to get into that again, but yeah, go ahead. Give us <laughs> <laughs> healthcare. Yeah. Uh, that's what we'll say about that. Um, all right. So surgeries for uh, transmasculine people. Um, there's um, a couple that are be pretty obvious. Like one of the things that the hormones don't do is they don't affect your breasts at all. Like once they're developed, they're developed, they're not going away just because you start taking estrogen. So like one of the big surgeries, like the most, the easiest and least of obtrusive is um, what they call top surgery. It's like a mastectomy. They take all out the, the breast tissue, leave the nipple. Um, there's a couple of ways you can do that. If depending on the size and shape of the breast, you can do um, go just cut around the nipple and and pull the the tissue out that way. Uh, that's less obtrusive and it leaves less of a scar. Or a lot of times they'll have to go in and it's like a cancer surgery, where they cut underneath and they pull everything out from the bottom, and then that leaves like a big scar across the across the bottom of your chest god surgery freaks me out i just don't have the stomach for that shit have you ever have you ever had surgery no the only time i've ever had i've had like dental surgery because once i had my teeth kicked out (laughs) okay (laughs) and so i have fake two fake front teeth i got jumped in new york city (laughs) (laughs) and uh but that's it that's it and and i and actually on my chin I, i had a hockey injury that i had plastic surgery on my on my face but uh But I, as far as like cosmetic surgery goes, outside of the teeth, that is considered cosmetic. But right, it's not cosmetic though, really. It's not, yeah. You know, I it's mean, like I... teeth is your body. You know, another another thing about healthcare that's flocked. But anyway, yeah, right, yeah. There's fuck you, the cosmetic, my ass. As far, I want it. right, as far as getting like you know implants or or anything removed from my body, no. I haven't. Yeah, I the only surgery. Well, that's that's not true. I had uh, a tonsillectomy when I was three, but I don't obviously don't I don't remember that. But um, I had from a pair of shoes that I was wearing when I was selling cars was too tight. It was like rubbed on the my left heel, uh-huh. and it create it created a cyst. Uh-huh. So then when I got my my job at my current my current job, and I actually had like really good insurance, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get this taken care of. Sure. So I went and I had it removed. Well, it didn't take, like they didn't get all of it back. So it kind of like came back. So I had to have it removed again. So I did that twice. Mm. So those are the only surgery experiences that I had that I can remember. Right. And I thought it was cool as shit. You like it's that. crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Anesthesia is nuts. Uh. They, they, they wheel you into the room. They get like, they put a little IV in and they're like, all right, count backwards from 10. I'm like 10. No. I wake up in a different room. It's wild. Ugh. It's the craziest shit. That freaks me out. <laughs> I don't like that shit. I, don't I like, like it. it, dude. It's yeah, cool. you fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Betsy, Betsy roofies herself for fun. Everyone just lets you all. Yeah, know. <laughs> right. Yeah, shut up. Oh God, don't don't give people fucking ideas. 
No, I do not. I just <laughs> but it is like that. It is. It's like 10, 9, and then all of a sudden, like, you're like in a room and you're in extreme pain and drug the a, fuck out. Like, what? You're just at a completely different space. Oh, dude, trip me so, out. So there's top surgery um, for uh, trans masculine yes, people sorry. trying to keep us on track. Right. Yeah, uh, no, that's all right. And then obviously, obviously, there are like a hysterectomy to remove the uterus. Uh, you know, they can do a surgery to remove the vagina, but that's usually typically uh, more involved with like the fuller bottom surgery. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's something called an oovorectomy. Um, if you want to write that down, or if you're taking notes, it's O. Yeah. How do you spell that shit? Oh, yeah, it's O O P H O R E C T O M Y. Okay. Ophorectomy. So uh, O of O of orectomy, and that's uh, removal of the ovaries. Okay. Got it. So obviously, like the ovaries are where your body produces uh, estrogen and, you know, obviously eggs. Um, so like t- having that removed, you don't have to worry about the, um, estrogen in your body. Uh, one thing that I asked Kit that I didn't go over was going over the hormones. Like I'm on testosterone blockers. I asked him if there's like an estrogen blocker and there's not, you just get testosterone. And I guess the way that it works is it just overtakes and dominates the, the Est- estrogen. Estrogen. I see. Like you don't have to block the, the estrogen that's being produced because the testosterone, like just overwhelms it i guess okay i I have a question about this now so um i saw this is going to be one of those weird questions that the cis asks (laughs) so i saw a procedure that removes the testicles called orchiectomy did i say that right orchiectomy yeah okay orchiectomy now Mm -hmm. is there a surgery for trans masks that would give you a testicle and testicles and a penis there are two surgeries that you can do to get a penis. Uh, there's nothing that can be done to give you like a functioning, like functioning testicles. Okay. But part of the surgeries that they do, um, they create like, uh, like a, the, a scrotum and then they can put implants in. Okay. So you have like the aesthetic the of, right. Yeah. The package. And the two surgeries, um, there's, um, metordioplasty and a phalloplasty now to kind of separate them in your head um, a metordioplasty is focused more on functionality over aesthetics you'll have a penis that can become erect but it's not really going to look very much like a penis it's going to be smaller because what it does is it uses the existing genital tissue so they'll actually like extend the clitoris okay and you and you have to have been on testosterone for a while because they need for that cl- the clitoris to grow. Right. Yeah. You. Yep. Got it. Okay. So they'll extend the clitoris, and kind of like and actually like run your urethra through it. Okay. So that you can pee out of it, okay. and because it's using existing tissue, it can become erect, but it's going to be smaller, and it's not really going to look very much. It's not going to look like you know, like a fat fucking frothing hog. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, the other, the, the other one is uh, a phalloplasty. And so again, the metoidioplasty is focused more on functionality than aesthetics. The phalloplasty is focused more on aesthetics than functionality. Um, they use donor skin from another part of your body, usually the arm or the leg. 
and they use that to craft like the the structure of the penis and because of that it will they can make it look more like a penis it'll be sized more like a penis and it will require a um a urethra extension so they put a a, a prosthetic in to extend the urethra to the end of it so you, you know your pee you pee out of it and everything yeah. but if you if you want to if you want it to get hard you either have to use a pump or they have like an implant that they can put in that you can use so that you have to like do something to it it's not gonna just get hard on its own ah uh, i would go with the functionality you know like fucking, I, mean, I would i mean shit if what's the point of having a fucking a frothing hog if you can't use it yeah but if you i don't know you but you, like talk, you said the use of dysphoria i know maybe i don't know it's a fucking well, there's idiot that, there's that and <laughs> there's that and also like you know if it can if yeah if it, if it can get hard but it's not big enough for penetrative sex then then what's the point also right what are you doing with it you know i mean it's just uh so, it's, I just, mean, it's, it's just, just there i guess so there i don't are, know i mean i'm a fucking like there are, i know what it's like to have one there are issues there are i mean there are issues that, i'm sure that, the technology will get better it'll get there yeah Maybe. i think yeah really like in an ideal world they would just team a trans man up with a trans woman and you just swap you know right yeah that that's <laughs> what i was thinking like you just make the trade right just trade it off you just just do that yeah use the uh, but no that's use why we need more trans doctors <laughs> yeah yo for real though that it, like logistically that makes the most sense and the least expensive i would think well i mean maybe i don't know you have everything in front of you i don't know what the fuck do i know I, what, I, it's it's dumb it's it's dumb. like these are the things that you just like it's a it's a good we're in a good place because um it hasn't always been that way interesting point though since i bring that up the phalloplasty is right. a really 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 old surgery really old surgery it was developed during the civil war but that makes sense because it, if you're going off of functionality the uh med Medioplasty? Metoidioplasty. Metoidio. I wrote you it down. I can't even fucking read my dude. M E T. M E T O I. Oh hi. Yeah, that's what it is. I fucking mixed. It. Dude, you know what, man? My my stoner brain, like, I swear I'm getting dumber and dumber every day. Metoidioplasty. 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 Got it. Okay. So M E T O I D I O P L A S T Y. Correct. F functionality that's the one yeah. you want i would think well it's it depends on what it depends on every individual every individual per is, person is going to make their own decision about what they want but the phalloplasty is a really really old surgery it has been around since the civil war jeez <laughs> what yeah it was developed to uh surgically reconstruct the penis of soldiers who had had their dick shot off oh brutal <laughs> Well, of course, yeah, so the of course they figured that shit out, and like, of course they did, because there's mis right because it because misogyny infects everything. <laughs> it's actually part, like honest to God, that that misogyny in medicine is part of the reason why uh, surgeries for um, you know gender affirming surgeries for trans women are more advanced. Because of course, dudes are gonna figure out a way to turn their dick inside out and make it a vagina. Oh man, that's crazy. 
crazy. <laughs> now let's let's talk and about also, that. Like, are there several and like, different and this- surgeries for the uh, for the trans femme that would you know get you? I know that you had mentioned something to me. That was a big surprise. We'll get there. We will get there. Okay. Uh, all right. First, I want to talk about first. I want to talk about trans feminine hormones and and what they do and what they don't do. Uh, so again, um, I've mentioned this uh, before. There are two main hormones. Uh, there's estradiol and progesterone. It's just estrogen and progesterone. Those are uh, hormones that a an AFAB body will produce naturally. Right, and then the spirit. And, and the spiro, which is not a hormone, it's an androgen blocker. Ah, okay. okay. So uh, the delivery system, there's pills, there are weekly injections, there are transdermal uh, patches that we've talked about before. Yep, yep. Again, t- again, topical creams and the new uh, crystalline estrogen implant. Uh, and again, these are used for uh, not just trans feminine uh, women to facilitate a, a physical transition, but also cis women who are going through menopause to lessen their their symptoms uh, of of menopause. And again, these these things are more advanced than giving testosterone. I think it has something to do with misogyny in medicine. I haven't fully formulated that idea yet, but when I do, I'll let yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep us posted on that. <laughs> it's it's kicking around in there and i'm getting to it like um we've talked about how uh the source of all bigotry is uh white nationalism i put that one together over a couple of months right um <laughs> uh so what they do and then again the the, the spear and that's an androgen blocker so unlike with the masculinizing hormones the feminizing hormones have a a, a blocker that will stop your body from producing just or not producing but from absorbing the, the testosterone that it produces. Uh, the effects of those hormones, the biggest, most noticeable one is the breast growth. Obviously you're gonna go b- grow boobs. Again, fat redistribution, uh, instead of your fat going to your, your belly, it goes into your butt and your thighs and your hips. So you create, that's how you create that curve, that feminine figure. Uh, your body hair will start to thin. Uh, in some cases it can go away completely. Uh, usually doesn't for me. It didn't. It I didn't have a lot of body hair to begin with, uh, but it hasn't completely gone away. But it's definitely a lot thinner. Uh, the hairs themselves are lighter and and thinner than they used to be, and there's not as much of them. But I still have some like on my chest, like in the middle, like right in between my boobs, like, and a little bit up, like peach fuzz. Yeah, no, it's like it's hair, but it's not as you know it's not as coarse as like a cis man's like you know sure hairy like a bear yeah <laughs> it's not like that right got it with the body hair thinning from the from the estrogen your actual like the head on your hair will actually grow thicker and you can actually have um hairline restoration so if your hair was starting to thin you has your hairline was starting to recede it can it's not everybody again your mileage may vary but the hairline can actually fill in. And mine has a little bit, like my hair was just starting to thin and my hairline was just, I was just starting to get like along the temples. It was starting to pull back here. The widow's peak. Yeah. And then what I, and, 
but you can I don't know you probably can't see very well but I have like a little bit more in there so like that has gone away and like I was noticing like on the crown my hair was <clears throat> starting to thin out before I started uh hormones and that has reversed and now my hair is just like as thick as it ever was right uh and your the hair on your head will grow faster than it used to interesting um, fat redistribution isn't just all in your body. It's in your face as well. So you'll see like, um, and this is the same for trans mask people, but in the opposite direction, but for, for me, for trans feminine people on, on estrogen, it will, uh, soften the jawline. You'll get like little apples in your cheeks. That's my favorite part. Um, when trans women like do like a before and after it's called the transition timeline. Sure. My favorite, my favorite part of any transition timeline is seeing the little, little bubbles in their cheeks when they smile. It's the cutest <laughs> fucking thing. I love it. And it's one of the first, it's one of the first things that happens is you start to get the, that apple in your cheek. And I love it. I apple love it in your cheek. Okay. Yes. Um, again, you start to smell different. I don't like, I still sweat. I still sweat a lot, but it doesn't smell as bad as it used to. Uh, and it smells different. That's the, um, the scent that comes off my, uh, nether region, we'll say, um, yeah, fuck it. We, we, we don't censor ourselves here. My dick smells like a pussy now. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy, dude. It's the wildest thing. <clears throat> like a, like a hot day. I'll go in to take a pee and I'll sit down, pull my shorts, like pull my shorts down or whatever I'm wearing, sit down and you just get this waft. I'm like, yeah, fucking uh, go estrogen. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, man. It's nuts. That it even comes it down changes to. Every... Yeah. The smell. It's just changing. It's just changing the dominant hormone in the body just makes all of the difference. Uh, what do we got here? So, oh, and the genital at atrophy, uh, also happens. Uh, not again, these things are things that can happen. They don't always happen and they happen into different, to differing degrees. Uh, I've experienced a little bit of a genital atrophy. Um, my penis is a lot smaller than it used to be, and it's not as functional. It can still get hard, but it doesn't stay hard. Um, it's just... You know, it's one of those things. And that's an issue when I'm trying to, as I'm trying to date, because nobody fucking knows how these things work. So guys want to know everything. And I'm trying to explain them. It's like, listen, my dick doesn't get hard. You may want me to fuck you, but I can't. I can't. You got to peg what? Yeah, right. I got to, but I'm like, and frankly, I don't fucking want to. I'm a bottom. God damn it. Like, I'm not, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I watch Broad City, dude. That guy, the, her, her next door neighbor likes to get pegged. <laughs> That's his thing. A lot of dudes like to a lot of dudes like to get pegged, but you cishet boys, you don't like to talk about it. I am a cishet, and I will openly say I fucking do not want that. You stay away from my booty hole. <laughs> okay, that's your thing, man. But there are plenty of guys who do, and they won't say anything about it because they're afraid of getting made fun of. Because y'all are a bunch of fucking pansies. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's true. That's definitely true. I don't fucking you know. I don't. I don't know. It's like, I, I mean, we'll do, I want to do an episode about, about sex and dating and this, we'll definitely talk about this then, but you fucking cis dudes, like you want to keep us as a dirty little secret. 
and it's just absolutely absurd. The number two, okay, think about um, a threesome with two girls, right? Okay. That's pretty cool, right? That's something you'd be into. I would be. Yes. I have not met a, a straight cis guy who would not be into it. Right. Uh, when, I th- when I thought I was a straight cis guy, I would have been into it. Fuck, I still am. Yeah, even but... as a trans friend, you're still into it. Get the fuck out of here. Well, that's, that's because I'm bisexual. But right. um, every single straight cis guy that I have ever met is into a threesome with two girls. That is the number 10 searched um, thing on porn sites. Number 10. Number 10. Where does trans porn rank, do you think? Well, the way you're setting it up, I'm going to say top five. It's number five. Hey, what do I win? Y'all, every <laughs> single every single one of you wants to fuck a tranny, but you're not willing to admit it. And it's wow. fucking disgusting. I mean, Y'all need to start talking about this shit because it makes it easier for me to get laid if you do. <laughs> Yo, I'm fucking cis <laughs> I dog. I, it's not on my to-do list. I'm telling you. And that's not that's a fucking that's I'm not a saying, preference. I'm not preference. You know, I'm, but but you probably right. You probably right about that. You know, I'm definitely right about it. It's the number five most searched term, dude. Like it's, you know, just fucking, just don't fucking push it back and eat the ass, right? <laughs> Is that over the top? Hey, well, like, listen, right? listen. Like I'll say, I'll, I'll say this. Like fucking date a trans girl, man. It's guaranteed anal. <laughs> nice. Heard that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah uh uh, off of that again emotional changes um it's the opposite direction you know you get less aggressive you you become more sensitive to things um you 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 just for me from my experience you just feel you experience a wider range of emotions it's like the um i described it early on in my transition is that like uh male emotions are if you think of the like emotions as like a platform that you stand on Male emotions are a platform that's really, really high, but it's really small. So men feel their emotions very intensely, but there's not a lot, a whole lot that they can do with them. But from listen, my experience going from, you know, a body dominated by testosterone to a body dominated by estrogen, my emotional platform is a lot broader and it's a lot lower. I don't feel the emotions as intensely. It doesn't affect me. I don't have those like wild swings but I can go a lot of different, a lot more different places with my emotions. I can what? feel multiple mo- emotions, multiple emotions that might contradict each other and conflict with each other at the same time. Whereas that, I couldn't before. That is actually something that I was reading on independently is just uh, emotional intelligence, your emotional IQ. And that actually comes from a developed uh, front, left, front left lobe on your brain. That's where huh. it is. Like the front left part of your brain. If, if that's like developed, you just have like an, an inherent emotional, high emotional intelligence. Isn't that crazy? I didn't that's fucking wild. know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was, I was, on, so maybe- I was digging around on LinkedIn for work and, and somebody sent me a link like, hey, you test your emotional IQ. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? They went on about this story about this guy who was putting in trains train spikes and hammering them in oh yeah the spike that went in that went through completely changed yeah different person yeah yeah and he walked away he clocked out of work that day 
Fucking <laughs> like it just went through his skull. Of course he did. Yeah, but but he had low emotional IQ after that part of his brain uh went away. And it's actually in the he museum got completely of science. Fucked up. His skull is in the museum That's of science. Crazy. So yeah, so maybe it's I mean, obviously hormones have, have a play in it, but uh, maybe it could just be I a, think I mean have a developed brain, you know. <laughs> like it's no, I think I I you know, I I, I don't know. I haven't seen like studies on like what it does to the development of your brain, but you know, you're changing the chemistry of your brain. You're changing the way that your brain inter like interacts with itself. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Um, so those are the things that um, the feminizing hormones do. Uh, some of the things that they don't do, uh, they don't stop your beard. Uh, your beard's still going to be there. It like, just like with all the other body hair, it can, it might thin, it might, the growth might slow, uh, but it's not going to go away. You got to do something else about it. Like I did laser hair removal or you can do electrolysis. Uh, but if you want to get rid of the beard, you gotta, you gotta do something like that. It's not yeah, just, gonna just, go away on just, th just thank God you're not Italian. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh yeah, my God. If the women are, plumes. Right. If the women <laughs> in my family heard this podcast, they would murder me. <laughs> <laughs> then, but yes yes that definitely makes sense <laughs> and another thing it doesn't do this is something that you kind of asked about last episode when i was talking about my voice uh it doesn't change your voice at all if you want to change your voice that's something you have to work on now i really was i'm yeah i'm fortunate i always had a relatively high voice like when i was first starting i got obsessed with like the pitch of my voice and so i got like a pitch radar like a pitch meter on my phone uh-huh and i would just like talk in my normal like boy voice or whatever and it was really damn close to the female range just naturally um and so what i did is i kind of just i focused on it's not the pitch so much even it as it is the the tone and the resonance is what you need to work on so like instead of having the voice come from down in your chest, you bring the source of the sound up higher in your throat. So when I, when I was like training my voice, I focused on generating the sound basically from the back of my mouth. And that's pretty much where it's coming from. I totally that thought I, that it was the hormones that did that. No, not. no. Wow. You're good at it's that. It's not. Thing. You're good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I, again, I started off, I started off with a high pitch voice to begin with, like a high pitch voice for a man. And then I just focused on over months or a year. I just focused on bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing the source of the sound up. And so you get that you, so you eliminate that resonance, that deep, that lower frequency resonance, and you want to focus on your tone. So, um, you know, men have a certain pattern of speech. And if I'm like on the phone with somebody, if I have to call a doctor's office, hi, uh, my name is Elizabeth Rothrock. I'm calling for a doctor. So and so you get like a certain like tone. That are there like classes for that with like speech pathologists there are. and stuff? Yeah, no, there are. Yeah, you can take, you can pay professionals to help you with it. Um, there are tons of tutorials on YouTube for, for voice training. Interesting. And, you know, it's, it's really fucking frustrating, especially as you're starting out, but I don't know. I lucked out. Yeah, you did. I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't uh, know. I've, I don't, you're like literally the only uh, trans femme that 
I talk to and I know I know, you know, just by coincidence alone, it's not like, I don't really talk to anybody yeah. anymore. No. So right. Like, yeah. Right. Exactly. You know yeah. No, you just, we just, we just, we just happen to become platonic, uh, platonic life mates in yeah. college. And, no shit. <laughs> and then I ended up being, being trans. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, so, yeah, so that's the effects of the feminizing hormones. Uh, the surgeries that are available for um, trans feminine people, uh, the, there's breast augmentation. Obviously, that's available. Like everybody knows what that is. Um, typically, it's recommended you don't do that until you're, you're, you've been on hormones for a couple of years just to see where your breasts develop. So you're not like, you're not like interfering with their natural, natural development. Right. Yeah. You know, there's, there's breast, breast augmentation and that's like whatever you want it to be. However many CCs, whatever you want. Um, there's also facial feminization surgery, which is just plastic reconstructive surgery on your face to do things like reduce the um, size of the brow ridge, uh, reduce the size of the chin, um, you know, rhinoplasties to get a, like a smaller, more feminine nose, right. like all things, like just like taking the masculine features and, and making them more feminine, like adjusting, the, like getting rid of the brow ridge, adjusting the slope of the forehead, right. you know, all those things. Sure. So those, those are like the typical plastic surgery things that most people are familiar with, just maybe not necessarily in the context of like what you're trying to accomplish through a transition. Um, then there's another one that you mentioned, the orchiectomy, which is uh, just a castration. You're only, you're removing the testicles. Right. Uh, now what you, the, the thing, the, the thing with that is when you remove the testicles, you remove the source of testosterone. Right. But you still so would it, need to take that, the, the estrogen though, I would imagine. You would, you would still need to take the estrogen, but if your body's no longer producing testosterone, you don't need to take spirit. Right. And it's right. Then you don't need the androgen blocker. Right. Because you don't have any ants. Right. Gotcha. Yes. And then uh, the other one is what people know as the surgery. What people think of as a sex change operation is a vaginoplasty. And there are a couple of different ways that you can do it. Uh, there's a doctor in Thailand who's like really like world renowned and a lot of people, uh, especially like uh, wealthier uh, trans women will go because, you know, you have to like fly out there and you like pay for it yourself or whatever. Um, but there are a number of doctors like all over the world. I mean, it's still a really small number if you compare it to like however many people are surgeons there aren't very many but there are people all over the world who do these surgeries and the basic gist of it is you you know you remove the testicles you take the uh the penis and you kind of split it cut it cut it open remove the tissue that's inside and then you fold it and turn it inside out and put it up oh where the God. vagina would be God. That sounds, <laughs> yeah, yeah, make sure the fucking anesthesia keeps you asleep the whole time. Could you imagine waking yeah, up in the middle of that? Oh, oh my God. Oh, no, oh. that would, oh. oh. I'd be like, just kill Murder me. Murder scene. Just Murder me. scene. <laughs> um, but then they can take the, they can take the um, scrotal tissue and they make a, uh, a labia. And um, they also, when they, they do that, they will take the head of the penis 
and kind of compress it because that's where all the nerve endings are. They compress it down and then that becomes your clit. Okay. And what are the reviews on that? Like how close, like, does it feel as far? I dude, like if that just blows me away. Like aesthetically a a good surgeon, it's a fucking pussy. Like really just like is. And I know thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, as far as like functionality, you have full sensation, your, your clitoris works. You can have clitoral orgasms. You can have vaginal orgasms, depending on how they do it. They can, um, relocate the prostate so that it's in front of the vaginal canal instead of behind. And if they do that, your prostate's in the front. So you have a G spot. Okay. So it's, you know, it's a it's a fully functioning vagina. The only thing it doesn't do is like pass children and bleed. What what how the fuck is like the number one doctor in Thailand of all places? I don't know if he's the number one. I just he, I just know that there's there's doctors in Thailand or a doctor in Thailand that does this. Is and I like, I've, I've actually spoken to a girl on Twitter who, who went there for, for hers. Really? Is there like a higher yeah. trans population in Thailand because of that? I have no idea. I, I I don't know what the culture is like over there. Um, I mean, I never been there. I have no fucking. You know, you hear anecdotal stories about navy boys going to like they go over they like going over there because all the lady boy prostitutes. But I don't know. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how true that is. I don't like. It's you know. It's just you know anecdotal stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's how the vaginoplasty works generally. There are different methods, and but that's. Um, the one that I'm most familiar with, and that's probably going to be the one that I get because you were saying, um, anybody that follows me on social media, uh, follows me on Twitter or is, you know, knows me personally and is Facebook friends with me knows us because I made the announcement. Um, I'm finally moving in that direction Yeah. to, to have gender, uh, gender confirmation surgery. It's fucking time. I've gone back and I've gone back and forth on it for a very long time and I don't want to get into it here like right now because we're already, we still have a couple of things that we need to get to and we're already pushing an hour. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, it's something that I've gone back and forth on for a long time, you know, figuring out my feelings about it, about my body, about changing it, about, you know, what I want to do, but like long story short, and you know, we'll get into this more in other episodes, I'm sure. And I'll probably, I'll talk about it on social media too. But long story short is I don't really have too much of an issue with having a penis. Now, sometimes for trans women, the, dis- the, the bottom dysphoria, the genital dysphoria is so intense that they just need to get rid of it immediately. And I never really felt that. I don't really have an issue with having it. Um, but for me, it's a very, it's a large inconvenience uh, and it's not worth the inconvenience because like I said before, it's not very functional. Right. I don't, it, I, I can't use it and I don't really want to. And I would just feel a lot better about my body and my sexuality to have it done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably be awesome to fucking bang with. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty fucking it. stoked. Yeah. The way you describe I mean, so, it. Since I've made like since I've made that commitment that that's what I'm gonna do and I'm st- and I'm starting to make so I, like nothing has happened yet. I've contacted my insurance company to um, get an appointment with a therapist who can can get me 
because I like I need to get two letters from health with mental health care pro uh, professionals. Yeah. Then I have to take them to a surgeon and then the surgeon has to contact my insurance company to get it. And then I'm, and then after all of that, now I'm on a wait list. So it's going to be a while before it actually happens. But since I've made the commitment that this is what I'm going to do, right? it's the the gender euphoria that I feel just thinking about having it done. It's like starting my transition all over again. It's right, wild. Right. That is wild. I mean, that's like a fucking commitment, yo. Like it's surgery, you know, it's like the fucking intense. It's probably the most intense to me thinking about like, you know, turning a penis into a vagina i mean that fucking mm -hmm. blows my mind it's crazy crazy it's crazy and it's something like you wouldn't think about it no you would never think about it no, because like you are kids. a cisgender you are exactly because yeah. you are cis <laughs> that's why you like it because you are cis that's what it means right <clears throat> so those are the masculinizing hormones, the feminizing hormones, and the different surgeries that you can get and how they kind of work. Uh, to finish up here, I want to go through some of the issues with um, trans healthcare. The number one issue is access. Being able to access healthcare as a trans person, whether it's just generalized healthcare or whether it's gender affirming specifically, getting access to it is the hardest part and especially the gender the the gender affirming care um because there's still a lot of stigma a lot of bigotry uh you know i'm sure if you work for hobby lobby their insurance is not going to cover hormones because they're dickheads but um you know there are different systems you know we live in the united states we understand our system it's fucked Fuck. It's just, it's just fucked. That's all you can say about it. And if you don't have a job, you don't have healthcare because you either have to get it directly through your employer or you have to buy it privately. And if you don't make money, how are you going to buy it? So, you know, it's, God. it's just really, I, but there, you know, it's not, it's not so dire. I mean, there are, there are, you know, my healthcare is really good, but I'm a, you know, I'm a, Employee of the state, sure. uh, there are like it's, you know, there are health there are health insurance companies that that cover it. There are places that mandate that you co cover gender affirming care. Um, anything that's coming from the federal federal government, so like the VA covers gender affirming care uh, fully. So it's not super dire if you can get health care. If you can get health insurance, you can generally you. Can, can access gender affirming care. But the issue in the United States is getting health insurance. Uh, the other system that I'm most familiar with when it comes to gender affirming care is the British system. And it is equally fucked. Now they have the, uh, the NHS. So it's, well, they're kind of going into it. They're trying to privatize too. So they have this weird hybrid now. But within the NHS, they have gender clinics. But there's an issue with getting access to the gender clinic. They have a certain list of criteria. And one of the biggest ones is that you have to be living as your true gender for a year or two. I'm not quite sure off the top of my head what it is, but either a year or two, you have to be presenting as your true gender before you can even get an appointment at a gender clinic. I to mean, start hormones. you'd have to think that 
misogyny plays a part in that. Didn't you say it was bad out there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, well, it's transphobia, it's misogyny, it's trans misogyny. Um, these are all things we're going to get into the episode about, um, harmful ideologies. Uh, but if, if I had to, if I, if I lived in, in England, if I lived in the UK and I had to go through that system, I would not have transitioned. I wouldn't have. Why do you say that? Because if I wasn't able, the way I was able to do it, I was able to start my transition and start hormones and be on hormones for six months before I came out. And the reason that I came out after six months was because I was ready. I felt that I, I felt that I was feminine enough for me. Right. Sure. Um, My dysphoria had, had settled down to the point that I was ready to go forward into the world as my true self. Right. And I was able to do that because I was able to get on hormones before coming out. If I had to live as a woman for a year without any sort of medical intervention to assist my transition, I would not have transitioned because my dysphoria would have murdered me. Fuck, and, dude. <laughs> and if I hadn't been able to do that, if I hadn't transitioned, who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows, right? You know, Crazy. I would have my all things being exactly the same. My egg cracks at 33, but I'm not going to go through that process to, 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 to transition before, to transition before I can can transition things would have just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse for me. Yeah, probably, you know, and best case scenario, my life falls apart because I start abusing substances. Best case scenario, best case drugs are always there. Best case. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, so that's what's, that's what people are dealing with in, in, in England. I don't know people. We have listeners in Brussels. We're, we're huge in Brussels. We have a listener in Paris. Now there's a listener in Adelaide, Australia. What's the system like there? I don't know. Get at me. Ciseducationpod at gmail.com. You know what? Like, what's it like? I don't know. And I would like to know because it's good to compare these things. So, you know, what's working in one place and what's working, not working someplace else. And you can figure out what's the best way to go about it. So the biggest issue is access. You know, if you can get access, one of the other things that's a big issue is uh, what's called trans broken arm syndrome i saw you mention that on fucking twitter the other day what the fuck is that all right so trans broken arm syndrome is basically whenever you go in for anything they blame the doctor will blame it on you being true you're riding your bike you fall off your bike and you break your arm you go into the doctor to deal with your broken arm and they are like well i don't know i think you broke your arm because of the estrogen (laughs) what yeah, dude, it happens like anything. Kit was talking about this. He's had a, a medical issue come up recently that has nothing to do with it. But his fucking doctors are like, well, it might be because of testosterone. It's yeah, it might be also not. because you're a fucking dumbass, doctor. Oh, yeah, how about, how about just deal with the issue instead of telling me... That's them being uncomfortable. You do need more trans yes. doctors. Jesus. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's them being uncomfortable. It's them not understanding how these hormones affect. It's them thinking that these, these hormones affect our bodies differently than they affect other people's bodies. And it's them not understanding, you know, everybody has fucking hormones. And even if it is related, 
find a way to deal with the issue. What are you here for? Right, right. I'm not the doctor in this room. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's that's trans broken arm syndrome, and that's that's just that is just transphobia. Yeah, in of course. in medicine. And, that, and you would, yeah, right. And that's exactly what it is. So it makes total sense that it would kind of bleed over into that sector of things, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's some of the larger issues, and then the biggest, another big one is um, this is actually something that you asked me about well before I even had the idea to do the this podcast. You texted me. I don't know. You, you might have been pretty buzzed up. Uh, but... I was probably fucking hammered, but <laughs> I, dude, I, look, <laughs> yo, sometimes you know I want to understand, and you're on my mind. Yeah, so no, I wanted to no, do it's the fine. podcast in the first it's place. Fine. You know? Right. No, these things, no, these, and no, and those questions that people would ask me are what inspired me to do this. Awesome. But um, you asked me, you asked me once about like, what if there were uh, like a test? What if there was something that you could do, like a brain scan or something that you could do to tell if somebody was trans? When they're young. And so. yeah, when they're, when they're young. Right. And my response to you is that that is a terrible fucking idea. Yeah, I remember that was where we landed on. <laughs> uh, uh, so, like, the, the idea is, like, you want to have, like, a diagnostic. Like, is somebody trans or not? Like, let's not. And you weren't coming from a place of, like, we need to know who they are so we can, like, put them in a camp or something. You like, just wanted, like, you you were coming from a place that's like, well, if you identify it early, then uh, people can transition. Right. And they don't have to deal with, like, a lifetime of dysphoria and emotional trauma. They right. can just be who they are. Yes. That's the place that you are coming from. Correct. But the, pro but the problem is. Is the weaponization not, of it, essentially. Right. That's yeah. not the way it's going to go. Right. And people have been trying to do this for a long time, is to like diagnose transness in some way. And what happens is you, you pathologize being trans. Right. You dehumanize, you dehumanize trans people. And you treat, it, it frames transness as a condition that can be treated, which leads to transphobes coming up with preventative treatments that they can give to their kids at right when it's diagnosed <laughs> quote unquote right yeah. yeah oh i'm diagnosed as i'm diagnosed as trans so my parents are sending me to this camp where i'm going to be sexually abused because they're right. trying to convert me into being straight right like send that, them send them to shutter <clears throat> island right like some fucking weird ass like, the, like Exactly. Yeah. The end result, the end result of trying to diagnose transness is that people end up getting hurt or killed. But there has like, to be that, something. There has to be some sort of aura. You no, know, it's it, it's you know? it's there's the way you identify it is you you get society to a point where they where being trans is just as normal as being a brunette. And you allow people to explore themselves without consequence or repercussion. And people will find it on their own. Right. But so, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, it, it, there, it, it's either you're assigned female at birth or assigned male at birth. And that's it. Is that it? I mean, could you be assigned trans at birth? Is that even a possibility? No, it wouldn't be possible. Right? Because so that's the, the thing. Like, how the, you, can, you can't. Well, like, the, again, it's just people figure it out on their own. And, in, like, you're trying to understand it, but you're never going to because you are cis. 
Correct. You've never, you've never faced these questions. You never sat down or, or, or struggled with over a, a, a period of months or years thinking about, about you, you never came to a decision about being a man. Right. I mean, well, I always just kind of inherently just knew it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Know it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you can't describe how it feels like you can't describe what it feels like to be a man. You just are. You just know that you are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Right. So, but and that's and that's well, the thing with the trans experience listening to you and having all these <clears throat> discussions um, in the podcast. It like not even you knew even at a young age. I remember you right. said you when you're playing with the dollhouse and then you crossed your legs and you tried, you know, um, well, you wanted your hair cramped and things like that, but, um, you know, you never didn't really know until you cracked your egg. Well, yeah, that step. You know, tr- like, like transness wasn't something that it was within my realm of, of knowledge. I didn't even have any idea that it existed. So of course right. it wouldn't be something that I thought about, yeah. but the idea of being a girl was something that I thought about. Yes. <clears throat> and it, I tried to live my life as a man and that was causing emotional difficulty for me, whether I could, whether I could identify it as dysphoria or not, it was causing emotional difficulty for me. And I tried my best to get through it. But then after transitioning, I can't tell you what it feels like to be a woman, but I know that I am. Right. You just are. (laughs) I just am. There's no denial you know there's no questions about it but it's good to have these discussions because as consciousness is raised and we have these thought-provoking discussions and you know we sit here and learn uh you know maybe uh, times will change you know i mean Dwayne wade uh basketball player for the miami he's yeah. retired now his daughter uh she mm-hmm. is trans femme. She's only 13, 14 yep. years old, teenager. And, and they, they're supporting that. I don't think 10, yeah. 15 years ago, you know, that that would have even been a discussion. Never would have happened. You know, so it's, so it's nice to see that in pop culture, especially from, yeah. you know, somebody who's had so much success and well-respected um, in, you know, in the world worldwide. So, uh, you know, as we have these discussions and learn more stuff, you know, maybe, more people feel comfortable and there won't be that transphobia and misogynistic fucking dickhead behavior, you know, and, and people feel more comfortable accepting it and then taking the steps to learn about it. You know, the research is there's right. still research to be done. Yeah. And that's only going to serve to make life better for trans people. And it's only going to serve the life make serve to make life better for everybody else. I think because- the most important is the is the healthcare issues, you know? Like to, to be able to afford the hormones and, um, mm-hmm. you know, be able to ha- talk with therapist and have somebody talk you through it. I mean, when you were explaining the steps that you went through, when you went to the group meeting, you know, you were like, hey, this isn't for me, you know, and then you had a couple one on ones and and fucking it made you feel a lot better and it helped with your dysphoria and then helped with your euphoria. So, you know, as we go over those things, it's 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 great to see from the cis side of things to know that there are vessels um for the trans community that to make you feel a bit more comfortable and help you walk through the process yeah and like just being being able to find resources is so key 
is so key. And it's and like I hate to talk about awareness because it's one of those things like, oh, we're doing a walk for diabetes. It's just like everybody's aware of fucking diabetes. <laughs> but like, but like trans awareness, like people know what trans people are, but like we, they know that trans people exist. Everybody knows that. But like the awareness of like who we are, what it is to be trans. Right. The fact that we are just fucking people like anybody else. Our blood is still red. You know, we still we struggle with the same things that everybody else struggles with. Yeah, of course. It's it, we're not any different. And just getting people to understand that and 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 know that know that it's possible to be something that, uh, that other than what people are telling you you are or you should be. If I had had that when I was a kid, I would have transitioned a lot earlier and my life would have been completely different. You think it so? would have been Yeah, it would have been completely different. How early? I would at least high school you think so yeah oh yeah at least high school so during like puberty mm -hmm. right yeah right so i i mean would my life be better now i don't know who's to say anything could have happened but it would have been different it would have been a lot different i would have gone through my high school and college years differently i might have been able to actually focus on educating myself in a particular direction i might have a an actual career now right yeah. who knows right who Absolutely. knows well it's not don't you know? don't don't kick that around your head because that's just the ego <laughs> well like you. again like again i have no idea i'm not going to stress out about it i'm not going to say like definitively that if i like i would have come up like i came up with a fucking plan for my life when i was in eighth grade look how that's i thought it'd be a senator by now come on <laughs> you still could be i think you i think you could flex like that for real but anyways uh i don't want to go to the goddamn senate those people are old as shit <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is uh, it's nice for you to raise these issues now because I'm sure that there are younger uh, trans femmes, trans masks, whatever, that maybe tune into the show and maybe you could talk them off a ledge, you know, make them feel better about themselves. So that's that's a big thing. I like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, the idea that I the, the idea that I have for the show is like my target audience is literally every single person in the world. Right. Yeah. It's no, all, it's, it's, it's all cis people. It's all trans people. It's all people who are questioning. And if I can get, if I can crack, a, if we can crack a few eggs, you and me, Bobby, if we can crack a few eggs, I'm going to call this show a success. Oh, doesn't matter what happens. If we can right. get a couple of people to fucking wake up to, to themselves and, and start living their truth, man. Bang. Uh, so boom. listen, boom. Put, put it out there. We crack, if we crack your egg, let us know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Let us fucking know. And let us know, you know, if you have any issues with your friends, tell them to holler at me. I'm just a fucking bozo sis too. So maybe I could talk some sense into them if they have any resistance. Cause Betsy is one of my oldest, dearest friends and I fucking love this girl. So, um, if they got beef, you come see me. That's right. That's right. And where you can find us is the show is on Twitter at Sis Education Pod. I am at Betsy Bell. Rob is at Swiss. The I is an L. And we are also on um, Reddit now. It's yes. uh, at Sis Education. It's Sis Education Podcast. Podcast. The full word. Full word. On 
on Reddit, and we all have a Facebook page also. It's at Cis Education Pod with a capital P. So that is where you can find us. Email is SizEducationPod uh, at gmail.com. I know I kind of just like rushed into these out this outro, but we are pushing up over an hour and 15 minutes. So we got to <laughs> get going. Uh, we did cover everything um, nice. we, uh, that I wanted to get to, but uh, next week we're going to do, uh, you know, same old shit. So we'll see you then, guys. Bye. Yeah, take it easy there, allies. See you soon.